0: Welcome to the Batman Book Club, a podcast exploring the Dark Knight Library. I'm your host, Ryan Lauer. The Batman Book Club is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Just go to BatmanPodcastNetwork.com and you can find a whole list of other Bat-related shows that also love to dive into other nerdy topics we all love to frolic about in our free time. The Batman Book Club is also a part of Patreon. You can go to Patreon.com slash BC if you'd like to help Support the show for as low as a dollar a month. Uh, It helps keep the generator running here in the Wayne Manor study, and everything is appreciated. Now, thank you for listening to episode number 89, Batman 455 to 457. So, a little more explanation on that here in a couple minutes, because I, of course, need to introduce my guest. Uh, He's no stranger to podcasting. If you've listened to any podcast, you've probably heard him. He's a professional he needs no introduction but i will anyway he's part of disorder every disney film uh, he's part of why not futurama he's part of the real fans for real movies network and also most familiar i'm sure is holy Batcast. to mr andy degenova andy thank you so much for coming on to the batman book club
1: thanks ryan lauer <laughs> <laughs> it's good to be here. Is this my first time? I think it is. It is. Yeah, it Oh, is. my God. Well, first of all, I'm sorry it's taken this long.
0: No, it's it's completely understandable. I mean, you were kind enough to let me on your show uh, twice now, once while in China, and it just, I really kind of figured at that point, yeah, I think it's going to be really difficult with somebody on the other side of the world. Um, so I think I think I asked you, and we just knew schedules weren't lining up, and then I just waited and kept, I tracked you down while you're back in in my time zone smart i think you're right i think i think we had like some preliminary
1: discussions but you know when i was overseas it was just so hard and i just i pretty much said no to everybody and it was not it was nothing personal i just had a hard enough time finding ways to keep my shows alive let alone guesting on other shows but yes now that i'm back in the same time zone it makes it a little easier now that i have finally settled it makes it easier now that I have my own little bat cave. My own little recording bat cave makes it so much easier. So I appreciate your
0: patience and I definitely appreciate the invitation. So good to be here. Yeah, Um happy to have you. I'm very jealous that you have a bat cave set up. Um, some point in my adulthood, I'll finally have mine all set up. And what a feeling it will be. I mean, it's 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 like Disneyland. It'll never be finished. It's an ongoing project. <laughs> of course. And that's
1: okay. Uh, but it's, it's in a good place. And yeah, the fun of it is I, I'm like, I still have some bare spots here, but I need to dig out like my Dark Knight poster for one of those. Ooh. And then I feel like maybe I need to find, I don't have the Batman 89 poster. I feel like I need that up. Because right now it's Batman Returns and BVS, which is a very interesting combo. But I feel like we need... I need no one represented and then still that Batman 89, Golden Oval. It's just it's so iconic.
0: Yeah. I mean, how poetic though. Uh, anybody who's listened to your show, they know your love for Batman 89 and that this is episode 89. Is it unintentional? Oh my god. Unintentional. No, no, and... <laughs> own it. Say, say
1: we planned it this way.
0: I I wish I could. I I could try to line some stuff up like this, and it'll never never happen. So yeah. I accept nice. I accept fate. It's meant to be. (laughs) Uh, Before we get into discussion on today's story, I'd like to ask you, as I ask every first time guest on here, what is your favorite Batman story?
1: Oh, crap. No, you didn't tell me this. I Um, didn't. Okay. My favorite Batman story. I mean, it is the Batman book club. So I feel like I want to go with. Batman comic story because there are a lot of great Batman stories you know I, I start leaning towards favorite episodes of Batman the animated series sure but I don't know I feel like the the favorite um it might be Long Halloween yes yeah perfect it's just it just checks like so many of the boxes of what you want of a great batman story you know it's yeah it's batman and gotham and and so many of his rogues gallery and organized crime and it's all intertwined so perfectly like it's balanced in, there's a mystery there so there's detective but there's action yeah i just feel like it it checks all the boxes because you know, I, I reviewed it on my own show years ago, but it's not
0: my favorite artwork, but I think it's mm-hmm. my favorite story. Wow, perfect! I I think every episode I get in something about my love for the Long Halloween, because that too is that's my favorite Batman anything. Like it, I think it can top movie, it can top uh, any novel. Like I think game the Long the Long Halloween is that's where my my love that for Batman so yeah, good call it's, it's pretty brilliant you said uh, you feel like you have to go with a, a comic Tim Rooney that rascal is the only one who did not when I asked that question uh, say a comic book instead he's a mask of the phantasm well, I mean that's still a perfectly reasonable answer for sure I'm, I, they, there's a comic adaptation there's a novelization there's a script so I was like it counts there's written form Batman mask of the phantasm so it counts, Tim. Yeah, it, can, it counts. My my other option was Baby Doll from well. the animated series, because it's it's
1: up there. It's it's like year one, Long Halloween, Dark Knight Returns, Baby Doll, all in the same breath.
0: I will, you know. <laughs> I, I I pick that episode out to watch sometimes. I, I, I don't know. It's, do you? Do you really? <laughs> I really do. So I'm <laughs> great. <laughs> it, I mean, it's almost like I can, I can go back and watch Batman and Robin now, too. It's because I know that wasn't where it ended. Oh, totally. So I, I feel totally. like that's where it's it's laughable because we got greatness after that. So it's it's okay. Batman and Robin was really hard to watch until we got begins and then it was kind of forgiven i don't know so anyways neither here nor there long halloween perfect uh answer i think we've peaked so thanks for being on andy and great uh, this is <laughs> awesome you can come back anytime
1: <laughs> terrific
0: <laughs> we're here to be efficient we're adults gravity is the soul of wit <laughs> everybody enjoy the extra hour of your day you're welcome Yep. <laughs> uh, and this will be the most downloaded episode for sure in, in the history of my show but now let's let's get to talking some batman comics specifically batman 455 to four fifty-seven. Now, when we talked, it's a funny story and how we how we settled on this story. Um, we went back and forth just a little bit, and then of course, I got all uh, excited to come up with a whole list to pick from and send them all your way. I had to delete the list and then narrow it down some even more because I was like, this list is too long. And this is, I have such a panic on like, you'll be like, Oh my God, this is getting really annoying now. I don't even want to come on. I'm like, Nope. Narrow it down from 10 to five "Eh," and send it to him see what he thinks. (laughs)
1: Well, you, you gave me like a blank check to start where you were like any Batman story. And I was like, that's, I, that's too much. I don't even know where to start with that. Um, And I was like, well, how about this? And Speaking of rascals, someone else stole my one choice. Justin Kowalski. (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) I know where you live. Um, So I was like, really? Really? I thought it was relatively obscure, but Justin took it. That rotten SOB. Um, And then uh, the other option, I guess it wasn't Batman-y enough for you. So. Yeah. Uh,
0: Apologies. I didn't know the rules.
1: I didn't know where the guide rails
0: were. Well, I I I stick to... I made it kind of harsh because I'm like, if somebody listens to the Batman book club, I want like, they're expecting to listen to Batman. So I've had to reject some options from guests when they choose. And I'm like, Batman isn't really in that. I know it's like justice league or something, but he's not really in it. Eh, Let's try something else. So then I, I give you a blank check and say, pick anyone. You come back with one. And then I feel a little bit more like a dick. So I'm like, no, you're like, no, that not one's that. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can pick
1: anything you want except what
0: you picked, except that except that one. Well, then you ended up. That's okay. It's it your house. You two... make the rules. Ugh. I'm just it was, a guest in your house. It's stressful. I like making people happy. And yeah. it, it became stressful. I was sweating. I it. mean, then... my
1: my what I what I offered that you said wasn't Batman y enough, it was um the Laugh Olympics comics. So I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. it, I mean that's almost... Falcon, completely different.
0: Oh. <laughs> um... No, you, you narrowed it down. You made it really tough to where I literally did flip a coin. And I don't want to mention what the other one is. Just in case. Maybe we'll do, do it. Have some Maybe I, exactly. Yeah. Maybe I can it, come back. Exactly. In
1: in, in uh, episode 1989.
0: Okay. You can do that. or It gives me some time to study. 97 for Batman and Robin. There we go. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> uh, but I did flip a coin. And then I said, I called this one master of fear. Now, it's weird because it's a three-issue arc um, released in 1990, written by Alan Grant, illustrated by Norm Fogel, as Batman 455, 456, 457. But the first two issues are called Identity Crisis, Part 1, Identity Crisis, Part 2. And then the third issue is called Master of Fear. Mm. So it's, the whole arc is not just one title. And so I I was kind of conflicted, too, of like, well, what am I going to call this episode? Because I like to call the episode the name of of the story or the arc or something like that. Easier to track down for people, I think. Um, But this one was a little tricky that way. But when we get to talking about the story, I think we'll see if I'm just, yeah, it's pretty obvious why they did that. Or if maybe I'm some kind of detective myself, which I don't think I am. But the, I guess it was released in 1990 physically. Uh, It's been collected in a robin volume one reborn trade paperback it's been collected in this newly released uh dark or batman cape crusader volume four it's also been included in the legends of the dark knight norm brave volume two hardcover hardcover collection it's available the issues are on dc universe infinite and my favorite app of all time hoopla the digital library it's available there to check out as well so andy for this episode recording for your homework which version did you read
1: i read the robin uh volume one reborn okay so which i was i was like 90 percent certain it was part of uh when you 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 threw this out as an option which is funny this was one an option you gave me but i swear to god um it was one that i was considering anyway i just couldn't remember the name of the arc, and now Mm -hmm. we figured out why because it has two um so it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I got to look that up later and I'll get back to Ryan and you beat me to it. And I was like, oh, that's actually one I would have recommended. So we were in sync. It just took us a minute to get there. Um, but yeah, so I I, I have a, a bunch of the Robin collected ones, I'm all digitally. Uh, I've, become, I've become one of those guys, the digital guys. And so I was like, I'm pretty sure it's in one of those Robin collected editions, but it's also an arc I like so much, which... I don't know if I'm allowed to say that yet, but I like it so much. So I was like, I have no problem rebuying it in whatever format I need to because yeah. um, it's so good. And so, yeah,
0: I, I pulled up the
1: Robin one. I was like, Oh no, oh, there it is. So yeah, it worked out perfect.
0: Yeah. Uh, I was not able to, because I'm still, I feel like I've been saying this ever since the, I started the show that I'm in between um, unfinalized stuff is packed away in storage and, my Legends of the Dark Knight, Norm Bray Fogel, volume two hardcover, is packed away in storage right now. So I just checked it out on Hoopla, that book, and that's how I read it. So I read it digitally as well. And I love the convenience of digital. I'm a sucker for physical. I, I like just having it in my hands to flop back and forth pages and all that stuff too. But space, what are you going to do? Yep, exactly. Um, the, my I think it's at this point like eight
1: sturdy plastic long boxes in my garage are like <laughs> enough
0: is enough so, yeah that's tough it, it's tough uh when did do you remember when you first read the story so that's
1: funny um you were <laughs> you were like yeah uh this is what we're reading and I was like oh I know that one I love that one it's one of my favorites um but for years I only read the third part because I owned the physical copy of cop- copy yep copy yeah. floppity, the <laughs> floppity copy of this, <laughs> this book um I owned the physical copy of the the third one 457 um from the newsstand I bought it with whatever my my paper route money way back in 1990. So I've had that since it was released. I bought it from probably my local drugstore or whatever. Um, and I read that countless times, but I don't think I read the first two parts of the story until maybe five years ago when I got this Robin collected edition, because the first two issues, I only, they're very vague in my recollection. And then as soon as I start the third one, I was like, Oh yeah, I know this by heart.
0: Would it also be apt to say because of the cover of that, the third issue? Oh, that's absolutely. why it stands out so much. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. absolutely. And, and th- that third issue, I remember buying it because I knew that it was going to be the, not, not quite introduction, but the debut of Tim Drake is Robin. Yeah. I knew that was what that issue was, which is why I sought it out and bought it with what little money I had. I would have been <laughs> what 11 years old at this point. Um, And yeah, like that was why I knew I needed that issue. And so, yeah, the first two, they came way later.
0: Nice. So I believe I was, i referenced on this show before that I I received a stack of comics from my uncle, which for me was uh, Batman 436, the first issue of year three, all the way up through like 465, I think. Uh, as a youngster was probably six or seven uh, he, after many failed attempts he tried to get me into Spider-Man and Flash and my brother into Batman and X-Men and I, I wanted Batman and I wanted I had no interest in anybody else except Batman <laughs> And it, well, you're loyal. I mean. nobody knows why I've always asked was did I have my I shall be a Batman fan moment? And nobody knows. They're like, you shot out of the womb loving Batman. It just happened. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. In this stack, obviously, was this three-issue arc. So I don't remember the first time I read it, but when I get the stack of comics and, you know, I'm six or seven, I'm going through every one just looking at the pictures. Yeah, I distinctly remember the covers of these three issues, and they kind of scared the hell out of me. And I think that's why Norm Fogel is one of my favorite artists. Because his art was really creepy, but impressionable, but yet also awesome. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it just had to be looking at this book, at these issues. I mean, 92, 93, <laughs> actually reading it and understanding. I mean, late 90s, probably.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but,
0: but they were, this, this arc was a little foggy. In in my brain, so it's always nice to go back and revisit it. And when I did we, d- we did an episode of the top 10 Batman stories, I made sure to go back and revisit this, and it, it made it in my top 10 stories list because well, we'll get to that in a in a second. I mean, did we we already explained? Because so, usually the third question, this is your first time on here, is Andy. Why did you choose this arc? Well, I think we already explained it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, because
1: 457 is one of my favorite comic books of all time. And, uh, so you chose it, but I already wanted to do it. And this is perfect. I mean, I, I agree with you though. I think this is a great Batman story and could be held up with the very best of them. And I feel like it's a shame that maybe it's not mentioned more often. So if we can do our own little part, shedding some light on this underappreciated Batman story, then I feel pretty good about this because I, you know, not to tip my hand, I think it's a great Batman story.
0: And, we, and a great Robin story is a bonus. Exactly. So I think, so part of my my theory with like Norm Brayfogle stories is Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle, what a great duo mm-hmm. to create Batman content in the 90s. I think that they were great. I think because they didn't have an ultimate defining arc or their own original story, they don't have the issues of like, that get the individual spotlight very much. Instead, it's just Norm Bray Fogle on Batman was awesome. Alan Grant on Batman was awesome. And that covers the whole spectrum. Whereas yeah, I like, think you God, could almost what say a run exactly. Yeah. And that's why these legends of the, uh, of the dark Knight Bray Fogle collections. They're like some of my favorite because it is, it's like their entire run. And uh, it just kind of, it wows me now at my age, where I'm a little bit smarter than I was at six and seven and to really just kind of sink into this world that the two created.
1: No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and I'm sure there's a little nostalgia bias going on because this is also the era where I got into Batman comics. Mm -hmm. So it was in a lot of ways my introduction into batman or at least it was the current batman comics when i really got into it but at the same time looking back at it over the years and reading different snippets of this run which i've read i read a lot of these especially when dc universe uh, really launched i went back and read a lot from this era and no like it was just rock solid mm-hmm. issue in issue out i feel like there was nothing that was truly bad about it like they just but yeah, maybe maybe the great stories in there almost get lost in the noise of all the good stories they did together, too. And so
0: instead, you just go, what a run instead of picking out individual arcs. Yeah, and I think this one, obviously, because I mean, I've already said it like two or three times now, but this one definitely stands out to me in that midst because I do know, I think, what helped me is that cover to 457. I kept going back because I loved that cover. And it's like, oh, this is part three of that that stands out to me the most, but I, I hope anybody listening, if they didn't go and read this, they track it down somehow to read because yes, the whole run of this team is fantastic. This to me is the gem, um, partially because we we've been teased with Tim Drake a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been a supporting character, and I can only imagine. I was a, I, I was lucky that I had everything at my disposal when I was ready to dive in. If I was at my age, I am now, as these were coming out once a month, it'd be kind of torturous. I think of, damn it. When is Tim Drake going to be Robin? We know that he's going to be Robin. Whereas now we can sit and go and read his, his debut issue through lonely place of dying, all the issues in between the uh, the arc that kind of comes that precedes this uh, in which how we, we get more emotion, which leads into this story. We can read all of that like in a day or two days. Whereas at the mm-hmm. time, I feel like it would have been, it would have been grueling. Yeah. It probably <laughs> felt way longer than it actually was. <laughs> which really, And I mean, it, it ends up being earned when, you know, we get that, we get that moment, but at the time, because since being a, a consistent reader now, I can get a little impatient and start to lose any kind of care for a story because yeah. it's like, this is just taking, like, Dark Knight 3, there we go, The Master Race, which took all, all of my 20s to come out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I was just, about to say, I think that was like 18 or 19 years that yeah. I, I read and, through that. And it's too bad because then, it, I mean, it, the, each issue would read fast. And so it's like, wow, I just waited four months for this next chapter and it's already over. And, 15 minutes. And I just went back and reread the whole thing. And I think it's a rock solid story. Like, yeah, see this got lost in that shuffle of, I am losing days of my life, just waiting to complete a damn Batman story. So yeah, to bring it back to this, I, I, I love the payoff that this, that this arc brings. And so the setup, and we're going to spoil the hell out of this. So if you haven't read it, pause, read, it'll take you 35, 40 minutes, maybe. Um, it's a nice yeah read it's too. a pretty quick read yeah in all in one sitting very easy yep and so as we see on the cover of 455 it seems like there's there's a, a bride in a in a, like a skull costume or a skull mask and she's uh she's not ready to say i do and uh it, it's a nice creepy image but it's intriguing and then as we get through this we're seeing that there are people with these kind of white hoods, skeleton kind of hoods, committing acts of violence, murder, and uh, other crimes. And then it's quite a it's quite random in the, the, the criminals, the people underneath the masks. And there's no, it seems like there's no motive. They have no history of this in which Batman, being the world's greatest detective, is trying to link into what's what's causing all this? Uh, and we ultimately, well, go ahead, go ahead. it's okay. Like, I mean,
1: we were talking about the long Halloween and, and why we love it. And I mentioned that that one of the fun parts of that book is the mystery. And this story does the same thing is it sets up this mystery at the very beginning of why are these normal people, these normal nonviolent citizens uh, going into these violent murderous mm-hmm. rampages? Because I think that, you know, in the first the first book, uh, the first person we see ends up like, I think killing two and then injuring two more people. We find out it's a little old lady who's never hurt anyone in her life. And the setup of that mystery is, is part of the fun of this is why are these normal citizens, you know, becoming murderers? And then they almost immediately dispel what we would assume are the easy answers, which is, oh, they're, hypnotized or they're under the influence of drugs or something like that which i think it's sort of like it sort of steps back a little bit on that when we find out the solution but i like the setup of the mystery and you mentioned the cover i want to i mean i want to mention we talked about the cover of 457 which i agree with you i think it's a landmark cover it's one of the best batman covers ever in the history of comics it's also i think uh yeah, one of the best pieces of Batman art. I just, I adore it. Because we were talking about this, I even made it my wallpaper on my phone and I think <laughs> it's going to be there a while and I'm, I'm yeah. really happy. I All found right. a nice high-res copy of it and, and made that my wallpaper because it's so good. But I think that the covers for 455 and 456 are, are great unto themselves. Yeah. And the cover for 455 with the bride, with the skull mask um, and Batman swooping in, this is somewhat iconic, as well do you know why do you know where else this cover was used i have i have not a clue teach me okay this cover was used in the opening of powerless the sitcom with vanessa hudgens oh my gosh i never watched it okay first of all it's hilarious i know a lot of people didn't like it i thought it was hysterical but in the opening you know the whole joke of that show was oh these are the people who live in the dc universe who aren't superheroes. These are the innocent bystanders. The show's about them. Mm -hmm. And they took real comic book covers and used it for the opening credits. And this was the Batman one they chose because if you look behind the bride, there's a blonde woman uh, and they used her as like the doppelganger for one of the actresses in the show who was also blonde. And they, and, and so it was like they did this and then they zoomed in on, on the woman in the back and then put the actress's name under it. And that was the opening. If nothing else, look at the opening credits on YouTube. They're, they're hysterical. Um, but, yeah, when I saw
0: this, I was like, oh, my God, that's the powerless comic cover. That's that's great. So. In I know it was only it was short lived like what twelve episodes one so, season yeah
1: or half a season so this is at the beginning of every it's the it's, at yeah, the opening yeah the, just the opening okay. of the show
0: oh my gosh that's awesome no so sure I had you no idea just look
1: up, I'm sure you just look like sure pow- powerless
0: opening credits yeah. on YouTube and I'm sure okay. it'll come up uh, yeah that's happening as soon as we as soon as we're done no that's very cool and I love that it's been there <laughs> how many years About four years five years since yeah. powerless well, I,
1: and I just imagine them making that show. And like under seeing the cast going, okay, we have like a middle-aged blonde woman and we have Vanessa Hudgens and we have Ron Funches who went on to be King shark Mm -hmm. and then having to scour comic book covers for random people that look kind
0: of like those people. Like what a weird, but fun homework assignment. Yeah. And I mean, whatever they choose, you could go sit, you could say, yep, I just pulled it up and I just, Saw it. Christina Kirk is the <laughs> the blonde lady in the back. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's that's really cool though.
1: So there you go. Fun fun fact about Powerless. Also, if you're really bored, I'd recommend looking
0: at it. I I thought it was super funny. I think I remember you on your show uh, bringing it up sporadically. On it being, it was really entertaining. I just never, I never got around to it. Um, yeah, it wasn't that I had anything. No one did. It. That's
1: why I got canceled. This is your fault.
0: And I, <laughs> it is, it's my fault. Um. And then, yeah, when something gets canceled after one season, it's short-lived. It's kind of like, oh, well, apparently I wasn't missing it. You know, that whole, yeah, But this this has brought me in. They right. honored Norm Brayfogle. Bring yeah. it on. I love it. Um, <laughs> what do you have, 456? Nothing. <laughs> right. Although, again, the cover of
1: 456 still pretty badass. Of, you know, yeah. Tim with the Robin costume in the case and the ghosts of the previous Robins. Like, really cool stuff i mean again i think all three covers are great <laughs> obviously the final cover is the best but for sure they're all pretty darn good and um like you said like i i do love that you know of course we all wanted him to become robin especially after a lonely place of dying but i like that bruce made him wait right mm-hmm. until he was ready um and then this is that like this is a great mystery for batman uh with him out there and i i mean I think you mentioned it, but Bray Fogel's art is just astounding. God, mm. I, I miss it. I love it. Reading these comics again, just reminded me how much I love uh, his, his Batman, his Gotham, his, you know, just his artwork is, is really beautiful, but then it really being Tim Drake's coming of age moment of, of deciding he is ready to be Robin uh, no matter what Bruce says. And then, and then how it all goes from there. So uh, it's, it's great. Cause I think it's, it, delivers a lot of what you love about a great batman story. Vicky Vale has a strong supporting arc here, um which I was surprised I forgot she was in this. Um and bonus, so we're recording this on January what? 5th, 6th, 5th, yeah, 5th. Um and we start and it starts with this great image of of Gotham at night with snow and batman up on top of, you <laughs> know, a gargoyle. Never get sick of that. Uh but then starting on the second issue, I was like, it starts becoming Christmas. This is a Christmas yes. arc. I completely <laughs> forgot it was a Christmas story. So it's a little late. It's a couple of weeks late, but not, you know, I still have enough Christmas spirit left in me, residual. Sure. That it made me happy. And I was like, oh, I can read this at Christmas time next year.
0: This this helps cure those post-Christmas blues. Oh, it helped a it. little bit a little bit but i'm still i'm still dealing (laughs) i'll be all right add it to the list now so you remember in i mean we're only 11 and a half months away until the christmas season add it to the rotation this counts well this definitely counts um okay so you said vicky vale okay let's let's get over the wall in the sense that this is all leading to (gasps) scarecrow now let's rewind uh the characters, I think, why I chose this as one of my top 10 stories, um, because it's something that's very important and I can never change. So I had to put all my thought into it. But the, this arc has I mean, it's got obviously a lot of Bruce Wayne, a lot of Batman. It's got a lot of Tim Drake. It's got Vicky Vale. It's got Alfred. It's got Scarecrow. It's got Dick Grayson. I mean, three issues. I think they're like 21 pages each. And just the cast right there. It's like, man, they, they included a lot here. And it doesn't feel overstuffed at all either. No, for sure. You're right. It checks. It, it also checks a lot of boxes of just
1: Batman's world. You know, you mm-hmm. got, you got stuff with Gordon going on. you got Vicki Vale. I do like that. You know, this was 1990. So it was obvious that they were like, let's get Vicki Vale back in the, the current comics. Everybody yeah. is used to seeing her from the movie. So they're going to expect to see her in the comics. So they bring her back. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like there's a lot of great elements here. And part of the mystery is that the scarecrow is behind it all. Um, I mean, I couldn't put my mind in it where I didn't know that because I, again, I know the finale so well, but yeah. I like how it builds to that and yeah. the reveal of the scarecrow. I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're jumping around or not, but the oh, reveal yeah. go the everywhere. It's fine. Yeah. At the end of the second issue is just awesome and much like i love bray fogel's batman here and yes i'm a sucker for the blue and gray and the yellow oval i love that classic look i also think this is the best the scarecrow has ever looked because it's very classic and iconic but not old-fashioned like it's a great balance of like modern but still like not overdone Mm -hmm. like the way the way the scarecrow just looked in the comics recently like I appreciated like going for something new, but it was just too much, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. with the big gas mask and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, this is just such a classic, awesome, beautiful design for the scarecrow. And that
0: final image of him at the end of the second issue is great. So two things uh, first, absolutely on the, on the design of the scarecrow, I flat out love this. And this is kind of when it comes to thinking of scarecrow in the comics, it's like, that's what i instantly visualize is this totally. scarecrow. It looks just looks uh looks so good. But he was such a surprise reveal at the after the end of the second issue because as he i think he explains in 457 is because as you'd said of, you know, there's a mystery because it's not clear cut on any of batman's rogues. So you could almost be led to believe that it's somebody new or something oh, it's a drug something uh but no, it's his fear toxin but he's revitalized it a little bit. And it's if there's any kind of little inhibition in your back of your brain or some little motion that you just kind of want to, uh, I don't know what the, lash out, uh, this kind of bleaches onto that and then you just lose it and you, and you go out. And I think that was a great reveal because that's being true to what we know of scarecrow, but it also is making it, well, this is why Batman couldn't, deduce you know this mm-hmm. is where it's being a little fresh and a little new while still being known as what the Scarecrow does. Exactly right. it's It's a new spin on Scarecrow but not
1: dra- not too drastic. It's like a perfect a perfect nudge of what Scarecrow does and what his powers are for mm-hmm. lack of a better term and
0: it, to do something new with him, but it still works. Absolutely. And then secondly is this to me, makes total sense on why the first two issues are named identity crisis. And the third the third one has scarecrow on the cover and it's called master of fear. I feel like at the time it was to build on that mystery. You know, you don't know until you get to the end of that second issue mm-hmm. and maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe it's like, yeah, duh, Ryan, that's just, everybody knows that, but I do love moments like that where I kind of feel like DC's, letting the the storytellers have control and they're not spoiling of like hey a new scarecrow arc begins in three months and it starts in 455 called identity crisis because then you go in reading that and you know oh this is a scarecrow story somehow yeah you know it's kind of like how they did with uh scott snyder's uh the end game where that one was just kept under wraps and i think snyder would always tweet out about it and how can't say too much. And Coppola would release just a little bit of art and be like, I can't say too much. And all you saw was as if it was almost like Batman versus the justice league. And then it's not until the very end of that first issue that we get Superman turning around. He's got the big Joker smile. And then it's like, Oh shit, this is a Joker story. The fact that they kept that under wraps this whole time. It's like, that's really appreciated because it's easy to say this is a scarecrow story. Come on, everybody, buy it, buy it. Yeah. And they yeah. let it just play out so we could experience it as we, as we want to. <laughs> right. I, I, I think you're, you're
1: probably right. And I do appreciate them preserving that surprise. Cause that is part of the fun is the reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wish though that they had just picked a title that could have worked for all three because it, it it is all the same story. And it's just weird that you would just, you'd go part one, part two, and then, have a completely different name for part three i thought was odd i just feel like they you know just for consistency sake they should have just picked a name that wasn't spoilery that could have worked for all three but it's also funny that it's identity crisis which then became a big landmark justice. exactly
0: history. it's like identity um, crisis part one and part two no no, not that identity crisis this identity crisis exactly and the third just to make it more confusing master fear <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's I mean, they could have, I don't know what they could have done. Doesn't matter. I don't don't know what else
1: you call it because I got to think about it, but yeah, it's just funny because identity crisis. I'm like, oh, that just sounds weird in my mouth because that's not this story. That's a different (laughs) one, which is another brilliant story. It's one of my favorites, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, just crazy that they, uh, this is
0: also titled that. Yeah. So you already mentioned Christmas in Gotham, Uh, another added bonus here, but I also love, we get a lot of Batcave. And I do love 90s, uh, early 90s Batcave more than back 90s. That doesn't mean that I don't like it. It's just, you know, that's what I was introduced to. So a Bray Fogle Batcave is awesome. Mm -hmm. You definitely make sure to see that Joker card and dinosaur and Penny in the shots. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's those are requirements, at least in comics. Those are requirements for a batcave. I love that we see those. But also that's, you know, that's mostly where, where Tim's hanging out for two thirds of the story.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. and it
0: makes sense why he's down there but let's well let's talk about tim uh you're a big fan huh. i don't know if anybody knows this or uh he's a big fan of tim drake this preceding this is not i it may be one of my the low points of the whole of the grant brayfogle run but is it the did you say obey a man or obey a man
1: yeah i don't know sure i always want to i don't know how you say it out loud
0: with with the the voodoo like i don't know yeah eh. i agree not my favorite voodoo stories just don't really they don't hold my interest um all that often i like them eh. i like them in the
1: right context, you know, for me, you know, another favorite of mine is Gambit. A Gambit voodoo story in New Orleans works great, right? Yeah. He's from yeah. New Orleans. Batman and voodoo to me is just a weird combo. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah. And so that's why for me, like it doesn't work as great. Um, it is kind of a bizarre random villain that that ends up killing Tim's mother. Yeah. Um, and that was an arc that I, I, I read when I read this whole collected edition, because I think it's in here, too. And I was like, Oh God, like, I don't remember any of this. And I think there's a reason that that villain didn't really live on Mm -hmm. because he's, you know, he's just not the best. And I feel like it didn't quite work.
0: No. The key moment that came out of that is, as you just said of his, his mom, Janet, Mm
1: -hmm. I think
0: uh, she, she's killed in that. And then his dad is uh, paralyzed. So. I guess if you need, if you feel like you need to do some background, re- read the previous three or notes, detective comics. Um, I don't know if it's 618 through 620, something like that around there. But the ramifications of that story, I mean, and there's a lot of emotion that, you know, that helps this gap from when we first see Tim until he becomes Robin is he really earns that that suit. And one of it is that chapter in the sense of like the emotion and the character building, the relationship building between Bruce and Tim. And this, I bring that arc up only because 455 sees that where Bruce accompanies Tim and Alfred to, to uh, his mom's funeral. And that's where Dick shows up. And there's even a moment where Bruce feels like up, I need to go because, you know, duty calls and Alfred has to remind him like, no, you're going to Tim's mom's funeral as if there's no alternative here. And Bruce even yeah. says, I mean, something on the lines of like, you're right. And so those are small moments, but it's just, most of us, we never got to see that relationship building for Dick and Bruce, because mm-hmm. when we were born, they were already the dynamic duo for 30, 40 years or whatever. Uh, well, And
1: cause the first appearance of Robin, that's all done within like a couple of panels. Yeah. So, because they needed to get to Robin, whereas, you know, times have changed. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it did feel like this, you know, that when Tim originally meets Bruce and Dick, uh, you know, he's he wants to be Robin. He's great. He's a great candidate for Robin, but he doesn't quite have the tragic backstory yet. And this is what gave him that. Uh, And so this is how he gets his you know, his the death of the Wayne's moment or death of the Grayson's where uh, it's sort of a spin on that of like, oh, his mother is killed, his father is paralyzed. And so now he is now wrestling with the darkness that Bruce once did, that Dick once did. Uh, and it was almost like they're like, oh, well, we can't have a Robin who's got a happy family at home. You got to <laughs> give him the tragic backstory. And so sorry, sorry, Mama and Papa Drake, but you guys are going to pay the price. But I love the scene when he's in the cemetery and he's seeing the visions of Nightwing and Batman Yes, uh, essentially like really seeing that. Yeah. Now he is joining their ranks for better and for worse.
0: Yeah. And I, I just, it all plays and it's not, I don't think it's ever overdone his emphasis on how symbolic that Robin suit is. Yeah. Which is what I think really helps him earn it for us as our fans of You know, people have, I think it's everybody, it's kind of unanimous. People like Dick Grayson, um, Robin or Nightwing, Jason, Todd, eh, but I just kind of feel like it's unanimous also that everybody loves Tim Drake. And I think it's because this buildup to get him to the point where he puts on the suit, he's established himself as his own character. It's not four panels. Now he's the new Robin. Yeah, let's move along. It's mm-hmm. we got invested for two years. I think it would have almost uh, before he put on the suit for like permanently mm-hmm. got a nice tease of it and lonely place of dying. But then we didn't see it again for <laughs> for how long. And I love as right. you brought up with the in the cemetery, like to me, that's just great visual too. Oh, it's a, great. Yeah. Strength of Brave Fogel is doing haunting uh, exaggerated for sure but it's it's really cool atmospheric uh what do you want to say like hovering over like this just feels like all of it is i can't think of the term right now but like coming in over dick and overpowering him or not dick tim uh it's just scary imagery and then the, what's the subject that hand it's talking about it's kind of like rubbing it in his face almost a little bit as a reminder of uh, Dick Grayson's parents murdered, mother of Jason Todd, murder, Janet Drake murdered and all of this and the costs of it. But that's part of Tim's journey is to face that, I guess, mm-hmm. to feel like heroes have tragedies and they can, like that's their cross to bear. And yeah. this is kind of your moment to where do you want to go? And I feel like in I'm not trying to read too much into it. I just feel like that's how good it's written from Alan Grant and illustrated by Norm Brayfogel of like, damn, you really like this kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, absolutely.
1: And and there's a similar moment in the second issue where the spirits of the, the past robins sort of haunt him as well. And like you said, it all plays into the, the overall theme of him feeling so much pressure, uh and how symbolic and powerful that Robin suit is and and what responsibility comes with that Robin suit. And I think that's also something that makes Tim Drake so special is that he takes it very seriously. He knows it's an honor. He knows what it means. And that's, you know, a big part of what the story is about. And to get that sort of a tough love pep talk from the spirits of the previous Robins is also a really great moment, both visually and in the writing. And speaking of the writing, I, I, I really love just sort of the the through line here of the power of masks and what they can do, I think is really brilliant as well. So even though this is a beautiful story to look at, it's also really smart and has a lot more to say than I I think I remembered even, but just the fact that these normal citizens, once they put on this skull mask, um, they're able to do things they never would dare to do otherwise. And it really speaks to, I guess, the power of anonymity mm-hmm. and how it can transform you inside and out. Once it transforms your outside, it transforms your inside as well. And that can be for the worse if it's if we're talking about these citizens who are now killing people, but it also can be for the better because that's what Tim learns is that the Robin suit, it's not just there to conceal your identity it makes you a hero. You act differently. And I think Bruce even talks about that, about once you put on the mask, you do change. You are different both inside and out. It makes you stronger. It makes you more careful there. You are now a symbol. Um, And I thought all of that stuff was, was really fascinating and really smart. And again, really adds some gravitas to uh, some of what can often be considered the sillier aspects of comics of, oh, why would you put on that mask? Or why would you dress like a bat? And I, it's things like this that dive deeper into what it truly means that I think makes it that much better. And I can also tell you, like, it's true. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't talk about it a lot, which is is weird. But for three years in my college days, and my younger years, I was, uh, I was a character performer at Walt Disney World. Awesome. <laughs> and so that meant, you know, being covered from head to toe and and wearing a mask and yeah, like the, it's weird. The things that you can do once you're like, there's, there's like a pretense that's lifted when people can't see your face. And so it just made it so much easier to be sillier and to do random stuff. And because nobody was looking at me, they were seeing someone else. And yeah. so to, to really look at that through the superhero lens in this story for Batman and then eventually for Robin, I think is really great storytelling.
0: Absolutely. So I'm glad that you brought that up because there is such an emphasis um, on the mask like you just went through. And I mean, Grant opens up with like a, uh, a sentence from a, a sentence in each issue about masks and something about masks. And then you have Tim mm. that's talking about the Robin suit, which also obviously includes a mask. But then you get in issue 457 where Scarecrow, he's talking about kind of like a, I almost felt like this is, hey, this is a quick, remember me, Scarecrow, this is my origin, kind of like done really fast. But I mean, he even says it was whim that made him choose the name and image. Uh, and then Batman asks, but why the masks? as far as for for these people that he's given the gas. And he said, a further nudge toward mayhem. Wearing a mask often changes the wearer's personality, allows acts normally taboo, and then says in the next panel, you should know about that.
1: Mm-hmm. And I just
0: kind of like, well, boom, there's a connection of, like, it kind of, it, it works. It connects with everything in these three issues. And as you just said, too, it's like, it's true. I It's, you can... Don't worry about anybody judging you because they don't, Andy, they don't know that it's you. Yeah. So do feel free. You have that little inhibition of you want to try something, you can do it because nobody knows it's you. And I think that that, that works so well when you can think of, it's a comic book, it's fun, it's silly, all that stuff. But when they can bring some truth to it, it's like, it only elevates like how much it only elevates it. period. And so I think that i mean as we break it down i've never gotten a gush about this story uh but i mean that's just another element to it on appreciation for it all it's like, God, that's cool that's true mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> preach scarecrow preach <laughs> i'll never say that again but <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's true you're right and it's again it's the uh it's the careful balancing act of, of wearing a mask. It can bring out the worst in you, but in the case of Batman and Robin, it can bring out the best in you. And I think there's a line in here where Tim Drake even says that like, Oh, you know, wearing the suit makes you a hero or wearing the mask makes you a hero or the suit makes heroes, something like that. I I don't, I didn't memorize it, but again um, I I really like that, you know, the mask, the mask can, can bring out either the best or the worst in you.
0: Yeah. And which, I mean, it, Tim saves the day. Uh, don't have to go panel by panel, but it's in a great, believable way in what he's doing. And then at the at the end, I mean, he pulls his... I mean, he says there's only one way in. And this is where Scarecrow's got Vicky and Batman. And he said, there's only one way in, but not like this. If I'm recognized, it could lead straight back to Bruce Wayne. So he pulls his hat down and it's, it's a ski mask. And so his face is covered. <gasps> he's got a mask. Look at that. Um, but I mean, this is... It's like this is his last gut check time. And Mm. that he's confronted with this new toxin. And yet he's strong enough to, you know, as he sits there, saying, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid. And you see this, I mean, yet again, this great art. You see those previous robins, uh, that he's starting to see in the the O man. We'll just call him the O man. (laughs) Uh, But then he I mean, then he's got the he's got the long pole that he hits Scarecrow with, which hmm, like his weapon of choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I thought that too. I wonder if that, like it, I don't know if that's just if they just were like, oh, that worked. Let's let's get him a bow staff pretty soon because he gets the bow staff in the in the miniseries that follows. That's really the sequel to this story. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed that too. I wonder if that was
0: intentional or just coincidence coincidence and then they're like you know what this makes sense it just there works yeah <laughs> it works but it he works. Un- he unmasks himself after he saves the day and he says batman and batman says robin and that's kind of like dude <laughs> yeah well i dude. mean and the, the, the whole story it's so great is that
1: you know he thinks he's ready Batman's saying you're not ready you'll know when you're ready or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like, no, you know, you can help me from the Batcave, but it's just not time yet. And it gets to the point where, uh, and, and another thing that we love about Tim Drake is Tim Drake is the smartest Robin. That's, that's yeah. I think, a pretty well accepted fact. Um, and so he's sitting there at the Batcave because he has to be, because mm-hmm. Batman's out there on the streets. And he is the one who deduces that it's the scarecrow behind this. And when he realizes, okay, Batman doesn't know this and Batman not having this information puts him in danger. So then he's got that internal debate of do I do what I'm told and sit here and just wait or do I break the rules because. It's you know, I he needs help. And so that internal debate with him and that's part of what you know, where the other Robins pop up and everything. And I love that he's like, no, I have to go. I have to go help Batman. It's the right thing to do, even if it means I never get to be Robin. So he was willing to sacrifice his entire future as Robin on the chance that he has to help his friend. Yeah. And I think that's really great. And so Tim Drake as well. And that's why he's a great Robin is because he's
0: willing to give up Robin if it means saving uh, saving Bruce's life. And I mean, and it leads to, I really like the page of just dialogue of Batman with Tim. And how him asking him, like, what did I tell you? And he says to stay home, but I figured it was the scarecrow. I knew you were walking into a trap. Um, I'm sorry. I know what it means. I'll never be your partner. I'll never wear the suit. Uh, it says, and Bruce or Batman says, why didn't you wear it tonight? Tim, I thought if I failed, I'd disgrace it. I couldn't live with that. And then it shows, because we have moments of a whole Batman, uh, sometimes overdone, sometimes like, oh, come on. and he says here, like you've learned something valuable, son. Sure, we make up the rules and then we have to stick to them. But sometimes a hunch, a feeling in your gut makes you think again, sometimes not very often. And only when it's justified, a hero gets to break the rules. If you hadn't, Vicky Vale and I would both be dead. It's rewarding and reading that in the sense of. Okay, that's that means He's not saying I'm wrong, you know, or anything, but it's just like, you've got it. And he's just—he shows a little bit of humanity here. Of you followed your gut, no matter the risks, and we would be dead. He's just falling out, being honest here. Of like, we would be dead if you didn't come and save us. Yeah, and it's no, absolutely. Great little back and forth. I don't know. I like it.
1: No, I, I agree with you, and and I I also agree that like I feel like sometimes you know writing Batman uh, as like the stern father figure is it's a careful balancing act as well as you don't want to go too far and make him an a-hole, but he's not also not going to be a warm and fuzzy. Everybody gets a medal kind of guy. And this is a nice balance of that, of being like, yeah, you did the right thing. You learned a lesson, you, you know, and I like when we see, uh, the somewhat softer side of Batman without going too far down that road. But I like when he is a father to the different Robins, but you know, in this case, Tim.
0: Yeah. And I mean we end the issue back where he gets he gets his own robin suit an upgraded one, a one that's slightly different. Do you remember by by chance your thoughts initially on this new looking robin suit?
1: Of course. okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> obviously, this was yeah. why I bought the issue. this uh this Robin w- was so in need of an update for years at this point. Mm -hmm. um and this was the time they did it and you know that they did it because batman 89 came out the year prior made a jillion dollars and they're like they're gonna do a sequel and if we don't update the robin costume they're gonna do it for us yeah so let's do it now it's on us so it's very obvious throughout this arc that That was always the goal. The goal is to, we need to update Robin's look. And I think they do a great job from a story perspective, giving reasons for that, that aren't just the very surface level of, Oh, his legs are bare. You know? Yeah, we know, but to, to give a much stronger and more dramatic reason for, for him needing a new suit, I think was a smart choice. And to give him an arc that leads to that is also a smart choice. So All that is to say, when they finally do reveal the new Robin suit, I think it is uh, the textbook example of the perfect redesign of a classic comic book character. Yeah. There There is no better way to update this look than what they did here. It is a perfect update because it is unmistakably Robin. Mm-hmm. You, you look at that, take away any dialogue and you, and you go, yeah, that's obviously Robin. The colors are there. The overall look and aesthetic is there, but it just fits better. It just looks a little more user friendly. It looks a little more protective. It looks a little more modern. It's crazy because this came out in 1990. And if you look at the comic uh, characters that got redesigned in the 90s, now you look back and you go, oh man, that was so 90s, <laughs> but not this one. This one, they very smartly avoided that. There are a couple things that I guess you could say were that, but not really, you know, maybe the split toes, maybe, but even that I think is kind of cool. Um, for the most part, it's just a perfect redesign. And to the point where I don't think, this is my favorite Robin suit, hands down. Uh, he got many more updates over the years and it continues to this day, but there's a reason that every once in a while, tim drake will get a new look and then a year or two later he'll go back to something very close to this because they've never been able to top this
0: yeah yeah and i think what i like the most about that i mean they save it for the splash page the very last page of the issue uh but they put the old suit right next to him so Mm -hmm. you can see like looking at it, how like everything you were just describing i was just looking you know right to left left to right back and forth back and forth and it's and it is uh, unmistakably a Robin suit. You know, it's just oh, look at the text of the R is different, and uh, oh, he's got pants. I mean, but it's not a it's not aborting the green uh, lower half aspect mm-hmm. to it. It's just expanded to full length pants now, and then the uh, I mean the the cape part, the top being black instead of yellow. You can think about it and like, oh well, yeah, if they're at night, I mean, the black can help not be so easily seen but don't worry they're still yellow in the cape you know even minute details and like that and yeah i think it's and as you also said it kind of stood the test of time i mean how long did it last as pretty much the same robin suit for how long i mean up until he became red robin maybe
1: well no because i mean or was it somewhere somewhere over the course of the solo run they gave it another update and it just became just black and red um which is still not a bad look i still like that look but it's not as i still don't think it's as good as this so that that happened and then he became red robin and again they've changed his look multiple times but then they have gone back to a version of this multiple times as well because it's just uh it's just hard to top i mean i think that right now he's still wearing some version of this even though damien is wearing some. well no damien Went to like a gray and red thing. I can't keep track. Um, but anyway, I guess the point is there was, there was a moment in comics where he was wearing essentially this, except with the two R's, I think. And Damien was just wearing this too, but with the hood. And the Robin design is so good that like they're like, oh, Well, they can both wear it. That's fine.
0: I love it. Um, yep, it's
1: it's great and and I, I i told you when i when i bought this comic i was whatever 11 years old or i guess it came on december so maybe i was 12 by this point um because it's christmas ep- uh, not episodes issues
0: yeah.
1: um but when i bought this comic i just stared at this final p- panel like <laughs> i would go back and just stare at it because i loved it so much and i still do i still think it's just it's just an amazing redesign they nailed it and uh, yeah, it's the best Robin has ever looked is probably in the splash page at the end. I'm with you. Uh, I want will I will say or ask uh-huh. you. like there's a part of me that wishes he would have worn the old outfit for the rescue. I get why he didn't, so I'm sort of torn on it because I understand from a story perspective, is the whole story is, uh, is him earning the right to wear the costume. But at the same time, because of that cover, I wanted that moment, exactly in the actual story but it, we don't quite get that because he's wearing a ski mask and a jacket
0: yeah okay well that's what i was just going to actually tie it to is the cover of this and so i mean it, it would always be a little bit of a bugaboo of mine of the cover the idea is representative of the story inside but yet we don't get that image like that would yeah. always kind of bug me and so here it's pretty close I mean, Batman's hanging upside down and there's he thinks there's spiders on him and it's the Scarecrow doing it. And then Tim Drake's coming to save the day. All of that happens in the story. Yes. Except what Tim's wearing. In which they played him smartly. They colored him in mostly silhouette on the cover to where it's like, I mean, it looks, he's wearing a cape. You can see it almost looks like the boots. And so you just, yeah, like you said, you expect Tim to show up. It's the Robin suit. And I'm with you. I would have liked to seen him in the Robin suit. But I'm glad they also threw in that line on why didn't you wear the suit? Well, if yeah. I failed, yeah. it's like, okay, then I can buy it. I can, I can forgive you, Norm Bray Vogel. Exactly. Um, yeah. But that cover is, and I know we've already said it. I, I don't know if I said all of my piece on it, but I, I always the heebie jeebies of the spiders. Mm-hmm. Always. You can, I just feel when it's tons of spiders on somebody, you can, somehow feel spiders crawling on your body so when i would look at that <laughs> ah! you know and and then yeah like you already mentioned of maybe the perfect design of scarecrow ever done uh also yeah. on the cover and then yeah the the robin that stance is the like the, brave Fogel perfection of like slightly kind of angled squat a little there's so many images of batman that's almost like knees bent a little bit in a stance and it's just like it almost identifiable like like that of that's brave Vogel. and that's what he nailed with with tim in the window there so uh yeah. we've gushed about it enough but i will say one of my favorite uh comic covers ever also which is similar to what you said so yep. that's my last hundred percent last piece on that cover no, um i
1: but i agree with you because it is it's such a great cover and it's such a great setup uh, with the scarecrow and Batman upside down and everything. I do appreciate that, you know, 80% of that is what happens in the book because, you know, the old bait and switch is annoying. Yeah. Um, but my God, that silhouette of Robin in the window, uh, I just wanted that to be the way it went down. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe someday in another medium, they can do a, a version of this story and we do get that moment because, yeah, this, I think this cover is iconic. And like, like I said, just a beautiful piece of artwork
0: yeah uh something as we make our way towards wrapping up a little bit what did you it wasn't used a bunch here but the brave batmobile oh yeah i was gonna mention that too um
1: it's not my favorite batmobile because it's super weird yes but i like it because it's super weird
0: yeah i actually have one of those they did uh Metal. so before i think hot wheels came out with this line they did a bunch oh my gosh it had to be the middle 2000s in 2007 2008 something but like each era batman from comics they did that batmobile and i just took them to storage uh but i have this in that and it's hard metal like it's a legit good kind oh, of wow. oversized vehicle probably like three or four inches long but yeah i mean even like the top part even comes up just a little bit and stuff and it, it for me is the a nostalgic factor because this was my f- introduction to Batman was Brayfogle area era and so that makes me appreciate this Batmobile more. But like lining it up with live action, animation, and comic book Batmobiles, it's definitely not close to the top. But I still like it.
1: Like yeah, you said, exactly. it's, it's
0: it's weird, which is why it's not up there. But it's also weird, which is why I like it. So <laughs> it's a yes. really weird stance on how I feel about it. Completely agreed. I I think it's
1: when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, the Brave Fogle Batmobile. It's it's so bizarre. And I remember way back in 1990, you know, coming off of the Batman 89 movie and then picking up a comic and seeing this Batmobile being like, what the hell is that? (laughs) Is that a UFO? (laughs) What is that? (laughs) Um, But now I'm nostalgic for it being like, oh, man, it's weird as hell. But you do you, Norm
0: the good old days some would say. Yep. Um is there any aspect of this we haven't touched on that you'd like to you'd like to bring up? Oh man. Um
1: I mean I I love the way Bray Fogle uh draws Batman swinging and jumping down and the way he does with the cape. I think a lot of that artwork is really great and there's a lot of it throughout here. Uh, we mentioned sort of the dream sequences that I think are really good too. Yeah. Um and again, speaking to the, the Christmas aspect, I do love that issue two starts with Santa it, with one of those skull masks <laughs> yeah. going crazy. Uh, and <laughs> that's, that's super fun too. So yeah, uh, I, I just think it's a, a great Batman story and a really great second origin for Tim Drake, You know, where he really steps into the cape and, and yeah. truly becomes Robin for the first
0: time. Yeah, There's subtle nod to Macy's. Gracie's yeah, yeah. <laughs> well done <laughs> the Christmas store um yeah I agree with you well before we get to our final thoughts I gotta ask you which I did prep you for these so okay. not gonna hit you with a hard one here oh uh, what was your favorite part and we're not each issue just of the three issues what was your favorite part
1: oh man my favorite part I should have an answer. Um, I think my favorite part is, even though I knew it was coming, is probably the reveal of the Scarecrow at the end of issue two. Nice. Just because everything is building to that. And if we were reading this in real time, that would be a hell of a cliffhanger to go out on It being like, oh my God, you know, I can't wait till next month to see what happens with the Scarecrow. So I just think it's a great villain reveal. So aside for, I mean, the real answer is the very last page where, Tim gets the new suit, but that yeah. everyone already knows that.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: close second is the the
0: Scarecrow reveal. I'm a little torn myself. Uh for the sake of having a different answer, I just I really like that one page discussion after uh Scarecrow's taken down between Batman and Tim mm-hmm. and the whole sometimes as heroes we have to bend those rules. Um and tonight you're going to break your one rule, I like, can't. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, probably, that stands out. So Robin reveal, like you already said, stands out. The Scarecrow reveal, like you said, stands out. And then this stands out. So I was just choosing the one you hadn't mentioned yet. <laughs> Great. No, that's an excellent choice. Glad we, we could cover multiple bases. <laughs> we can sleep well tonight.
1: Uh, how about a favorite panel? Um, also the very final image of Robin. But yeah. Yeah. again, that's a gimme. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the very first page of issue number three, mm-hmm. With Master of Fear, the title yeah. is awesome because it's it's again it's another sort of uh, it's a variation on what the cover is, but it also is it's it's almost like a thesis of what this entire issue is going to be. Where you've got the you've got the scarecrow there, bloating and laughing. You've got Batman hung upside down, and then you've got Tim Drake like looking just very thoughtful and trying to figure out what he's going to do with the Robin costume just over his shoulder looming. It's a beautiful piece of art. And it's, yeah, again, it's, it tells you everything you need to know about the story you're about
0: to read. Nice. Uh, in a book that has, I mean, in a Brave Fogle book, how do you narrow it down to one? But I mean, it's my own fault because I made this, uh, a requirement for every episode that i do um like uh, i like scarecrow as much as i don't really like spiders i do like the spider imagery um i could say cover 457 but i've not, i've i've said enough about that it's a gimme we know yeah so in four fifty 450, in 456 uh the page 13 is and they actually do this a lot like more often in the story than i remember They do that split, here's Wayne Manor, and then split it underground, here's the Batcave. And that's like a a Bray Fogel signature. Yeah. He does that in a lot of his work, especially the Birth of the Demon. I don't know if you've read that one, the Razal Ghoul. Ghul. Um, It's like, it's Bray Fogel painted art. Mm, And he does this to perfection. It's one of my favorite, I think, Batman images ever, where he does the split. Wayne Manor underneath is the cave and it's the bat cave that, you know, from Barry Fogel's art. And so this image, this panel makes me think of that, but also I just loved it when he did that. It always just got my mind just running all over the place with this image. Well, it's because this is happening and Batman's not there. Cause he's doing it or something as a kid, because you know, that, ew words, who wants words? Uh, I'm going to look at the pictures. And so I would <laughs> yes. just sit and just, Look at these pictures all the time as a kid. So maybe it isn't the most amazing picture, but for me, it's like that always takes me to a certain spot when I see an image like that, uh, especially Brave Fogel. So I'm gonna pick that one because it's a little bit of an oddball choice.
1: No, it's good, and I then I'm just gonna do another honorable mention. It's do also it. it's also in issue number uh, two. It's the the image where Tim is trying to deduce what's going on mm-hmm. and he's got the entire rogues gallery around him. Yeah, That's such, like, I love, I think Bray Fogle did that quite a bit in his run and man, it works every time is I love me that like a good collage of the yes. rogues gallery while, while Tim is, is doing his detective work, I think is awesome. So yeah, you got Joker, Penguin, Riddler, Catwoman, Poison Ivy, etc. cetera. Um, so cool. And just, it's just so fun to see, you know, all the different looks of
0: these villains. I think anytime an artist does that, it's almost like a, I know this story it does not involve Joker or Two-Face or Roz. I want to somehow put them in there. So I'm going to yeah, do, yeah, <laughs> do exactly. a collage. It's kind of right. like uh, recently, like you talked about Noel, which is a uh, spoiler alert, my second favorite Batman story. Um, oh, nice. Bermejo got to do that, you know, sporadically in that of some like here's Two-Face and, I mean the old school Catwoman stuff like that, and I just love it when artists can do, can showcase their versions of these characters. Even though Bray Fogle eventually would, you know, but prior to this he got to draw Joker and the other ones, but yeah, that's a that's a good call, giving <laughs> giving Killer Moth some some airtime in, yep, in that. Sure, exact, anarchy <laughs> yeah. like anarchy again, it's just
1: a, really a moment in time where it's like, oh yeah, anarchy up there with the Joker and the Penguin and the Riddler. Sure, Jan.
0: Yep, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) They were trying. (laughs) They were Uh, trying to do a thing. I got it. Would you like to see this arc uh adapted in animation? Oh, 100 percent Are you kidding me? Yeah. How would it work for you best?
1: Um, well, you take this story and you animate it. Done. (laughs) let's Um, let's wrap it up (laughs) i mean i guess you you need some sort of backstory right to set up tim's arc in this in order to make it work as a standalone movie so i think that yeah you would sort of have to give some of that backstory uh either through like a opening credits montage or a a, a, not a, a prequel prologue like a prologue prior to the credits something like that you'd have to at least set up the the current status quo of batman is without a robin tim is you know set to be the robin to be in that way you could you could do the story as is um or you know you you could almost fold this together with tim's introduction yeah you know i don't know if it's long enough for a movie in and of itself i think it might be but otherwise you could do almost sort of an abbreviated lonely place of dying along with this so that way you get tim's entire arc nice or do a two-parter eh? yeah the <laughs> place of dying is part one this is part two that's that's the answer. That's what we do.
0: Identity crisis part one no, not that identity no, crisis, don't call but still it that. Tim we Drake. It, yeah master <laughs> oh, of identity fear. there you go. <laughs> rolls right up the tongue. Yeah, master, master of crisis. Of <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect. Um, I think this this three issue art could work. I instantly go to the animated series uh, as an episode and mm-hmm. right bo- right before that first commercial break is some kind of like what? And second commercial break is oh is the scarecrow and then the third, the final you know third act is kind of like in as we see here. But yeah, like you said, we we'd have to be invested in Tim somehow. So this would have had to been of he's entered maybe a season long sort of deal or the first pff, third is introduced Tim build him up second third is this story or something like that yeah. exactly
1: like in order to like the the scarecrow portion of this story could totally work standalone right yeah. you know yeah. that's fine but the, because this was a culmination of of the first part of tim's journey you do need some of that background mm-hmm. and so you'd have to figure out a way to do that either you make this story when tim shows up mm-hmm. um or again, I like, I like better doing a adaptation of a lonely place of dying to set him up. And then this is part two. And it's like
0: six months later, whatever. Excellent. Um, do you have any, I feel like you kind of already gave them, but do you have any final thoughts on, on this story?
1: Yeah, sorry. I, I thought we were doing that, but nope, uh, you're good. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, I'll, I'll just say again, I think this is great and it's definitely worth a revisit. Uh, from folks out there who haven't read it in a long time, because I hadn't read it in a long time. And this mm-hmm. gave me an excuse to do so. Uh, it's it's a great Batman story. It's a great Robin story. And it's a great Scarecrow story. The fact that it's a, also a Christmas story, it, man, it all comes together. What's not to love about this? And it's also more than just a fun mystery or a fun action story. There are some really great thematic elements that speak to who Batman and Robin are uh, and why they do what they do and how they can do it together. So yeah, this I this I think works on many different levels, which is why I think it's such a great Batman story. And the fact that you can read it in probably 30 to 40 minutes is a bonus. It's not even taking much of your day, but it's a really good one, especially if you love Tim Drake uh, and this era of Batman comics.
0: How do I follow that? Um, good story. <laughs> Done. <laughs> there you go. Uh, copy, paste all of it. It, it stands out in the run for me for reasons you just listed. Uh, Bray Fogo obviously is the instant um, attraction. I think is that art is that cover all three covers period. Um, And then once you open up the, the book and you really get invested, you realize how strong the storytelling I think is from Alan Grant. And then also utilizing the characters that, that we all love. This is a Batman story period. It's, he's not thrown aside at all, but somehow Grant also disguised this as a Batman story when it's kind of like, it's kind of actually a Robin story, but arguments can be made both ways. It's just, and that just shows that it's that damn good. It can go either way. It's a Batman story. It's a Robin story. It's a Batman and Robin story. And I love it. And it, it, I think it did set the, set the table for, for Tim's direction. I mean, launched his own, his own series after this. And I mean, he's the prominent Robin and uh, yeah, it's just, I, uh, I like so much about this story. There's tons of Batman stories, and yet this was one that was chosen for my, um, my top ten. So, um, well done, Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle. Yeah. Here, here. I'm closing the book on that. Uh, two, more, two more quick things, because I want to respect your time, my time, everybody listening. Uh, as we always do with the release of a new episode, is um, come up with a new uh, uh, poll question. In which the results of the previous one, it was based on the, the monthly wrap-up episode of Batman Comics in December. Uh, the question was, what was your favorite Batman book of December? 40.3%, uh, 40.8% chose Batman the Imposter number three. Andy, the, the choices to vote were Batman 118, Batman the Imposter number three, Robin and Batman number two, or One Dark Knight. Did you um no shade at all if you didn't read any of these did you did you read any of these by chance i
1: think the only one i read was batman 118 okay uh because yeah the only the only books that i'm keeping current on are the the current bat book um batman urban legends batman 89 and superman
0: 78 gotcha okay uh yeah batman 118 uh that was my pick uh, it actually received the least amount of votes, <laughs> but I thought the issue was awesome. I loved it. Uh, I read it four times, as oh, I think wow, I even nice. said on there. I, unexpected, I'm like, I'm going to read it again. Going to read it again. Sure, I just... I Was love that, that the first in the new arc? Yes. Okay, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, I thought it was it was great. So this, this poll question for this episode, which if by the time you hear this, it's not up there, hang in there, because that means I'm in the process of posting it. Uh, the question... Which Batman villain do you like seeing Robin take on the most? Scarecrow, Riddler, Joker, or Deathstroke? Now, the Robin can be any Robin, um, any iteration. It's just at face value. Robin versus which Batman villain is like your favorite. Andy, what would you say out of those choices? Or if you want to write in one, what do you think? Oh, you said Joker, Scarecrow, Riddler, or
1: Deathstroke? Yeah. Hmm tough
0: call I, I let's go for the top let's say joker yeah i think yeah. i did too because i think of the uh, robin two, the joker's wild heck yeah as long it's... as we're as long as we're
1: living in uh <laughs> tim drake solo land that's another great story that was i would, I would have recommended stuff. it but batman's not in it anymore. yeah nah.
0: the damn rules of this show <laughs> you, you know <laughs> i i I think that one, I I instantly go back to that one because that too was included in my stack of all those comics. And that had that, so good. gosh, what was the Joker's card in each one? Was that weird reflective? Yes. Yeah. And I just thought that was the coolest damn thing because I didn't care about words. I cared about pictures. And I would just sit and just turn that. And so I think that's where my mind goes. Although, I mean, Joker's my favorite. Scarecrow and Riddler are tied. I love Mm -hmm. both of them for different reasons. Uh, Deathstroke, I just thought, is more of a... dick grayson kind of villain yes, more, so, but same. still yeah. i don't know damien's gone face to face with him um head to head so i thought i'd include him but very cool uh i think that's where we're going to wrap it up so i thank you at the top of the show but i'm going to thank you again uh thank you for accepting the invite uh scheduling me into your busy schedule lord knows that you're a busy man these days um but yeah i appreciate it this was a lot of fun getting to talk uh getting to talk one of my favorite Batman stories, and I think it's great. I think there's a quote in Modern Family where it's like, well, we took the scenic route, but we still ended up at the same place. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> If we both would have just said it at the same time, but we went through some hoops. But hey, appreciate it, my friend. Thank you so much.
1: Oh, no, thank you. Thank you for the invite. I definitely appreciate it. This was really fun. And yeah, I think I'm very satisfied with the the story that we chose. So yeah, very cool to be here.
0: Um go ahead if people are unaware, plug anything and everything that you'd like to.
1: Sure. So yeah, you mentioned Holy Batcast. That's probably where most of these folks listening uh would hear me, would hear me or already know me from. So check out Holy Batcast. There's also Disorder, every Disney film, uh Rf for RM. And then finally, why not Futurama? So those are my four shows. All of those can be found at rf4rm.com, or you can just search for them by name wherever you get your shows. But yeah, lots of stuff that I, I talk about, talk about Batman, Disney, whatever movie related thing I feel like on the Real Fan Show and the Futurama. So yeah, it keeps me busy. Uh, you can also find Holy Batcast on Twitter, Real Fans on Twitter, me on Twitter or on Instagram. It's just my name, Andy DeGenova,
0: A-N-D-Y-D-I-G-E-N-O-V-A. We are in store for perhaps one of the busiest Batman years in recent memory, so Definitely, if you aren't for some reason, listen to Holy Batcast. uh, Subscribe, listen to that because we can never listen to too much Batman. uh, There's 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 going to be plenty of uh, content um, because you also expand and you do DC Universe as well. So we do, we do DC in general.
1: We try to always, you know, we try to cover the big Batman stuff. But yeah, of course we we welcome the whole family. And as we just did our year in review, which was was really fun. But as we were doing that, it dawned on us just how much stuff is coming this year in 22 yeah. because a lot of the stuff in 21 got pushed into this year so man this this year is going to be packed so lots of fun stuff to look forward to
0: you don't have those harsh uh dickish rules of like the batman book club of batman no Online. you kind of cover no. it all so that's right we're there a little more inclusive <laughs> at Holy <laughs> Batcast. yeah <Ugh>. <laughs> I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll talk to the the higher ups but uh if uh, you aren't following the Batman Book Club, you can do so on Twitter at the Batman BC for latest episode drops, upcoming episodes, sometimes even some giveaways. You can email with questions or comments at TheBatmanBC at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can do that on TeePublic where you can get some merchandise of t-shirts, hoodies, uh, onesies for your little ones. Uh, if you'd like so but if you want to support the show and you don't want to spend any money at all that's 100 a-okay the actually thing that helps the most is rating and reviewing on apple podcasts a link to the the rate and review page is in the description of this episode the more reviews it gets the more it helps spread the word and as we all know the word is panic so for andy degenova i am ryan Lauer. until next time read more batman comics